0: You're listening to Illuminate Your Practice, a podcast designed for docs on a mission to align their life and practice. I'm your host, Dr. Christy Wick. I'm a practicing chiropractor, CEO, mom boss, and interior design junkie. I've worked with hundreds of DCs to grow their practices with patients they love, teams that are loyal, and profits that continue to grow. I think we can all agree that your practice isn't truly thriving until your life and business are coexisting in harmony. So if you're ready to bring your whole self to practice, you're in the right place. Let's jump in. Everybody, welcome to Illuminate Your Practice. Today's episode is going to be a little mixture. It's going to be a short one, a mixture of a mindset moment and kind of like a tactical tip. So you're going to get a little bit of juiciness on both sides, and we're going to keep the team topic rolling. So last week, you heard a little bit more about just making sure that the environment with your team is exactly what you want, and you're safeguarding your energy in the practice so that you can continue to move towards your goals. And today, I actually was thinking that I really should have done today's episode before, but you know, we'll roll with it, we'll keep on going. Today's episode is specifically going to be about challenging your belief system when it comes to getting help. So, hopefully if I do my job correctly, by the end of this episode, I'm going to have given you some great food for thought on why you potentially could use a little bit of additional help beyond what you currently have. So, This is coming from, I'm going to give you a little bit of context in that, yes, at this point, I have a relatively large team in the practice and also a good-sized team in the online biz. However, things have not always been that way. I definitely am the person who needed to hear this early on. So all of you have probably heard the saying that, you know, teachers teach what they needed to learn or what they need to learn and that is never not true with me. I am always going back to lessons that I have learned along the way or typically I'm pretty I'm brave enough to share lessons that I'm learning actively right now and right now is a time where I am learning this lesson for like the fifth time in my career. So I wanted to bring this up because I come from a background where doing things yourself was sensationalized, celebrated. I mean, most of us do. Most of us grew up in an environment where, you know, when you, you were quote unquote strong, if you didn't need help, if you were independent and could do it all on your own. And I am the epitome of that. In fact, when I was writing out what I wanted to share with all of you today, I was laughing because I was writing an example from my family. My dad was most notorious for this, but he passed it right along to me. But he and I, you know, are of the the mind of if you're carrying something really heavy And people are offering help, you just say no. You just suffer and potentially you drop things. If you're my dad, you'd run into walls and (laughs) make a big mess. Oh, dad, I miss you. I love you. So I wanted to share this whole thought process with you today because I see this refusal of help and kind of, I mean, I can say this because it's about me, right? Getting stuck in our pride stuck in that thought process that we're strong and we don't need help. I see this play out in chiropractic every single week. Literally, this is one of the most common challenges that chiropractors have is learning how to structure and systematize things so that they can not only delegate and accept help, but learning to integrate additional help in other areas of their life when they need it and not way past the time that they needed it. (laughs) And again, I can chuckle because this was me and I'm bringing you this episode today. It's inspired by the fact that we are in the thick of a big team transition. I've talked to you about that here on the podcast. So we now have five CAs in our practice. So three docs, five CAs. We're looking to hire an additional doc. And I'm looking around at all these people yesterday. Literally, I was the first time we had our our full new team and a team training. And I was like, where did all these people come from? Dang, like this is... This is a lot of people. I took a picture, a selfie in the parking lot with all the cars because my husband, Joe, came to work and he was like, holy crap, there's a lot of cars. We employ a lot of people. And I was like, we do. This is weird. And so the reason why this is inspiring me to share with all of you is I'm looking around at this and I'm thinking about the possibilities of delegation and I'm thinking about the possibilities of who's going to own what projects and what areas of the practice. And for the first time, I feel like it's possible for everyone to have some wiggle room. And what that has taught me in this last few days is I probably should have done this a long time ago. I haven't learned my lesson as of yet. And so I want to walk you through some things that might be happening in your life and in your practice that you can take a little different approach with. You can ask yourself some deeper questions. And again, my goal is that you leave this episode at least thinking about getting some additional help. Okay, okay. So the question that is commonly asked in chiropractic is, when should I hire? I mean, you all know that it is, it happens very frequently that people start a practice with zero staff. I was one of those people. I hired a CA and I fired her after like one or two days of employment because I was too scared about the financial commitment. I was like, I can't, I'm poor and somehow I'm going to pay this person and not be poor. I, that makes no sense. And so I freaked out and I let her go. And honestly, I count chugging along with no staff in practice in the first 18 months as one of my top three mistakes in practice. And I can tell you with certainty, looking back, that I let fear get in the way of accepting help, the fear of the money part. And the biggest thing that I do as a coach when people are asking me these questions, when should I hire? I'm afraid I can't afford it. I only have a part-time person and I can't afford full-time or I can't afford to add anyone additional. The biggest thing that I do with these people is I run actual facts with them or I encourage them to do that on their own. Because living in this emotion land we'll call it where we're just throwing out fear and we're we're talking about what ifs and not using hard facts to make our decision that is a way that we can hold on to our security blanket of whether it be control whether it be we grew up in an environment where we felt stronger if we could do it ourselves obviously the financial fear. There's so many reasons why I see this play out in practices as far as just choosing to do things on your own or choosing to do things with far less staff than potentially could be beneficial. And I wanted to dig in a little bit more today with The thought process that if you are asking those questions, when should I hire? I'm afraid I can't afford it. I don't know how to be a leader. How am I supposed to be someone's boss? I don't know how to go from one CA to two or two to three. What do I have them do? How do I structure it? I mean, all these questions. If you're asking any of these questions, it's probably beyond the time that you should have asked for some additional help. If you are saying, when should I do this? It is probably beyond the time. And again, I've learned this lesson the hard way over and over again. And we're talking in context right now of the practice, but the same thing goes for other things in your life. I mean, what other things at home could you potentially get off your plate and really see a different quality of life because you're choosing to ask for and accept? help. So what I'd love you to do is start by writing down a list of all the things you do on a weekly basis that you could pay someone like $15 an hour to do. I'm choosing an arbitrary number, you know, maybe like assistant type work in your area is more expensive. I will say a little sidebar I have learned the hard way that you get what you pay for when it comes to team members. And so, for instance, I practice in a relatively rural area. I probably could start new people in my practice that are doing more administrative work. I probably could start them at like $14 an hour. And I did for a long time. And what I've learned is by going up to 18 an hour or sometimes a little bit higher, you are going to attract an entirely different demographic. And so that's my little sidebar tip for you today as well, that if you are looking at adding additional labor and you're struggling to find good candidates, it could be because of what you are choosing to start them at for pay. But Let's go back to my original thought of, I want you to write down all the things that you do in your week that you could pay someone roughly $15 an hour entry-level administrative pay in your area to do. We're going to use $15 an hour for our example here today. And then I want you to ask yourself, how many hours that those tasks take up? Now, if you follow all other self-help um, you know, gurus out there, like one of the most uh, fantastic entrepreneurial self-help people that I follow that I really love is Michael Hyatt. And he walks you through different zones. You know, if you are doing things like that and you also hate them, they're in your drudgery zone. So if you want to dive more into those types of things, you can pick up his book free to focus. But regardless, I want you to Really figure out how many hours a week you're spending on things that you could pay an entry-level hourly wage to get some help. I would venture to guess that most of you are spending about five to 10 hours a week on these types of things. This could be more, could be less, depending on the current structure of your team. But again, we're gonna use five to 10 hours a week As our example. So, if we would go on the high side of that, if we say 10 hours a week, so roughly 40 hours a month at $15 an hour, it potentially the investment to get some additional help for just 10 hours a week with taxes and whatever all in, depending on your area, of course, again, you're looking at around the ballpark of $650 to $700 a month. Hopefully, I did my math correctly at 7 a.m. But $650 to $700 a month for 10 hours a week of help. If I'm taking a relatively low office visit average of $40 in adjustment, that's only 17.5 more adjustments a month or 4.4 a week for you to buy back 10 hours of your week, 10 hours of Paying someone doesn't have to be difficult. And it especially can be so transformative if you flip it around and ask yourself what could you do with 10 additional hours in your week? If you woke up tomorrow and your fairy godmother waved her little magic wand and said, I'm going to gift you 10 additional hours every week from here on out that no one else has. They're just special hours just for you. What would you do with that? Could you take care of yourself in a different way? Could you spend more time in your relationship? Could you spend more time with your kids? Could you get that passion project off the ground finally? Could you just rest? Would that be what needed to happen There are so many things that I consistently hear you all telling me that you don't have time to do. You don't have time to fit it in your week. And again, with love coming from a fellow, I am strong and independent type thought process, 10 hours a week could make all the difference in your quality of life. I'm going to go fully down the rabbit hole because for me right now, what I'm thinking about is it could make the difference in the longevity of my life. I mean, I am dealing with some pretty random health challenges and I'm looking at my payroll in both businesses and it's always scary, everybody, literally always. Every time you choose to add, every time you choose to seek out additional help. The financial part doesn't get less scary. So just so you know, it doesn't. When you run a payroll every two weeks in a single business that you look at and you're thinking, this is how much people live off of in their family for like six months, it kind of makes you want to throw up sometimes. (laughs) But I have to keep coming back to I am doing this because I want to have a different quality of life and I want to freaking be around to enjoy it. I'm sick of standing on my soapbox of strong, independent, powerful woman and feeling exhausted and honestly sick, ill in the process. And I know. I know for a fact that every single one of you listening could use five to 10 hours of additional help every week for whatever it is. That might be hiring someone to do your laundry or hiring someone to help with running kids around if you don't actually enjoy, you know, taking your kids to activities or whatever it is. I mean, this isn't exclusive to women either. It took me over a year to convince joe my husband who you know works for our companies but is also a part-time stay-at-home dad that he needed help it took me a long time to convince him that it was okay to relinquish some of his duties so that we could buy back some of our time as a family so this is a this is a pandemic this is it all of us choosing to suffer in silence and you know i've had mentors tell me i distinctly think about kate northrop talking to our group about also flipping your perspective and thinking about if you're choosing to ask someone to come in and give you help you could be giving that person so much joy because they love helping and they are finding something they're truly passionate about and they're making an income in the process. I always think about when I talk about this, I think about our cleaning lady. She is the most amazing attention to detail. She's so happy. She loves what she does. And she is always talking with me about what she can do differently and how she can improve. And it's so cool. I love it so much. And you can tell that her career truly brings her joy. She's so passionate about what she does. And that makes accepting her help so much richer. The value exchange feels so much better. So please. Write down the things that you know you could train someone to do. Figure out how much that would be. Run some numbers. Figure out how many more adjustments per week that you would need to have in order to cover. And please take a look at those numbers and sit in the moment and think about how important it is How much easier it's going to be for you to make that additional income to pay that person because you have help. Because these are the chicken and egg conversations. A lot of people tell me, well, I'll hire that next person once I do XYZ income-wise. And in certain scenarios, that's appropriate. So for instance, hiring an associate. I see a lot of people now pulling the trigger on that way too early. But we're talking about five to 10 hours of administrative things that likely, again, for most of you, you could have pulled the trigger on a long time ago. And that investment is going to pay off tenfold. I promise. So I'm gonna leave you today with this quote as always, but before I do this team episode little series here, Is also inspired by we are doing an exclusive event for my coaching clients inside the Illuminated Squad and their teams on April 30th. We are going to be covering in depth a whole bunch of team things that are not only going to help you be a great leader and level up and continue to move towards your dream team but we're also going to be having breakout sessions for our CAs done by CAs that are truly at the top of their game. And they are going to leave feeling energized and empowered and so validated that they chose an amazing profession to be a part of. So it really is an amazing time to look at joining the squad. So if you are interested in jumping in with us in our group coaching program prior to April 30th so that you can have access for you and your team to join us for that live event, you can head on over to theilluminatedsquad.com and click on the work with me tab and you can sign up for a discovery call with my team and they will walk you through your questions and all of their offerings so that you have an understanding of if the squad is for you. And of course, we'll put all that in the show notes as well. So the quote for today, it's a bit sassy. I actually wrote down another one. I started writing it down and I crossed it out and then I saw this one and it it was one of those moments where like, whoa, that hit me. And so this is what you're getting. So this quote is from Octavia Butler and it says, Drowning people sometimes die fighting their rescuers. Coming from someone who has fought a lot of rescuers in her life, let's choose to do things differently. Let's choose to be brave enough to ask for help. Let's choose to accept it. And let's choose to use the time that we are buying back in our week towards the greatest good for our life and our purpose. You got this. Send me a message if you get on this wagon and you move towards accepting some additional help. I would love to hear more about it. Let's continue the conversation in the Facebook group and I will talk to you again next week. Have a great day.